We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. I'm your host, Jarek Robbins, and I am here today with our very special guest, Jessica Powers. Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. Now, as always, we're going to dive straight into the question of the show, which is, Jessica, what do you feel the world needs more of? Love. I feel like the world needs more love and connection seeing each other, hearing each other, and just having moments of, of quiet together and conversation. I love that. More love, mm. more seeing each other, more understanding each other, and moments of quiet in conversation and connecting with each other, which I, mm-hmm. I, I think is fun because that's how we met. Um, I don't know if it was <laughs> yeah. quiet, but it was certainly in conversation. <laughs> yes we had we had dinner together we we did and and it it was a great conversation i had to use my best speaking voice to to get it out there around the table um but it was a wonderful wonderful group of people up in new york uh and i i agree i think more people spending time in community connecting and sharing and loving on each other and hearing each other and seeing each other makes such a difference in this world and I think for some reason, so many people don't do that. We're so, quote unquote, busy that we forget to, yeah. to connect with all the most important people around us. It's so true. It's so true. We get busy. We get into our routines and our habits. We have our priorities that we're focused on. And, you know, getting together and having a little room for surprise and spontaneity and connection, I think that's really what makes me feel alive what makes me feel like wow there's just there are these people in front of me who have made so many different choices than I've made and I've had so many different experiences in in the world that I've had there's so much to learn there's so much to laugh about there's so much to teach each other and also just have fun together take a break from the everyday take a break from our our own minds and our own frameworks and our own beliefs and kind of expand through others. I love that. I I think some of my favorite conversations are the ones where, like you said, we share our framework or our perception and then someone comes out of left field with a whole different, you know, zinger of a, of a thought on it. And you're like, Whoa, I've never even heard of that. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. I I, I think being open to it is one of the big uh, you know, challenges to our own pride and ego in those moments. I've certainly had the gulps where I'm like, oh, they must not understand what I understand. And then, you know, also the sensitivity to go, hey, wait a minute. What if I could step into their world and really understand their perception? Maybe I could grow right now. And it, it, it's it's amazing. Not always easy, but it's amazing when done right. <laughs> yeah, totally. I and mean, I have conversations with strangers just walking on the street in New York and Brooklyn all the time I'm just when I'm in the right mode if I'm in the line at Whole Foods or if I'm waiting for the subway or uh, even just walking on the street just like subtle moments of connection and spontaneity make me feel totally alive and like wow the world is so vast like I I've had conversations with champion ping pong players and uh, people in 12 steps programs and nightclub owners and, you know, just 
people who come from different uh, a guy who met his wife ordering Chinese at a Chinese restaurant. (laughs) There's so many different experiences to have, and there's so many different realities out there that, you know, talking to people and really getting a sense of who they are and where, where they've had transitions in their lives, where they've come alive, just makes, it reminds me there's so many different ways for me to come alive. That's awesome. I love that. The inspiration to see different paths to bring out the best of you in different ways. That's amazing. Speaking of you, I'd love to know, what do you consider your wow factor to be? What makes you uniquely you? And maybe what are one or two life moments that help shape it over the years? Oh my gosh. Well, I think we sort of been talking about it, Derek, um, a bit just talking to strangers and connecting to people about what is special and unique about them, understanding what really matters or uh, without asking directly like what matters to you, just really seeing uh, what matters through our interactions. And um, so, you know, I come from a family where, um, I'm I'm very close to my grandma. She's 96 years old, and I've been close wow. to her all my life. Yeah, yeah. 96, that's Jerry a long Power. life. <laughs> it's a long life, and, you know, she tells me old age is not for the faint of heart. Um, but she's 96, and she's always just been fascinated by people's lives and by their stories. And just, you know, a pleasure to be around. She's a pleasure to be around. She's she's funny and sweet and patient. And uh, she cares about the details of people's lives. And so I've always kind of, she's she's been such a loving presence in my life. Maybe the most loving, the most supportive presence of me growing up, I would say. And she also really cared about the story of our family. So when her father died, my great grandfather Morris, uh, she found letters in his talit bag that were in Yiddish that she wasn't really sure what they were all about. So she had them translated. And this was decades of letters back and forth between Brooklyn and Lithuania and then Cleveland and Lithuania about sort of the everyday lives of her father, Morris, and his father, my great-great-grandfather, David. So to be able to kind of look back at their letters and hear about very simple things like we need a new roof. My shoes are falling apart. Um, you know, this we this is what we ate for dinner tonight. Uh, have you found a wife? <laughs> you know, these sorts of very simple questions that come up in the day-to-day living of people who've been gone for a very long time and who yet who I'm related to. So, um really seeing that these people who I've seen pictures of, I know stories about, but I also know the intimate details of their lives, you know, what they ate for lunch on a Tuesday in 1923. Um, It's just a way to connect um, more intimately with people who are not really there right now, but they're there. They're, they are there. So I've always just felt this, like, really, I really just want to know who people are, whether they're physically present or even if they're emotionally present. If, so, if someone is not emotionally present in front of me, I want to stay there long enough and explore long enough to see what's behind this person like if they're if they could be writing a letter to their to their parents in another country you know what are what are they sharing what's going on for this person in their 
sort of most intimate, quiet, alone moments. What is this person feeling or thinking or wanting? And I want to be there. I want to, I want to experience that. I want to know, I want to know what I'm curious. I'm just, I want to know what makes someone uh, who they are, what they care about, what they're afraid of. Um, So I really think growing up with these letters have shaped me to, to care about what our, what our quiet stories are that we don't necessarily share with the entire world, but that are very important to, to us personally. Um, you know, my grandfather was a ham radio operator and I also kind of grew up looking at all the postcards that were sent to him by everyone who he contacted and, you know, shoe boxes and shoe boxes and shoe boxes full of postcards and postcards are very thin, you know, so there are a lot of postcards in a, in a shoe box of people. <laughs> These are people all over the world who, you know, this is before the internet, before uh, cell phones, before we could just easily connect with people, uh, with technology. My grandfather was reaching out to strangers and just saying, hi, this is Lou in Cleveland, Ohio. And they were people together. And so I think that that also really made me feel like, wow, this world is so full of people who are all over the world experiencing life in very different ways, but they care to connect. They care about Lou Powers in Cleveland, Ohio in 1972. They care about the different experiences that are happening side by side. And when we can connect and ask questions and tell our stories and share our postcards and share our letters, there's just this feeling of of coming alive and being connected and feeling very much like part of life in the flow of life, in the flow of connection. And, uh, you know, it's not about being productive. It's not about performing. It's not about reaching a goal. It's just the feeling and quality of, ah, I'm alive. And I'm connected. That's beautiful. I, I think that that's that's amazing. I would, <laughs> it'd be fun, or I'd be curious at least to see the web of how many different people those postcards connect all over the world. I'd, I'd mm-hmm, be curious because mm-hmm. you're right. So many postcards, so many people and stories and memories fit into that shoebox. It, it'd be interesting to see it on a web you know, a little stick board with all the strings tying together, how all these relationships interconnected with each other. It'd be fascinating Mm. to know how many people he really touched. I mean, on the internet, they track those random, you know, this is how many retweets something got versus if you could look at that postcard and say, (laughs) wow, I wonder wonder how many hearts that postcard touched over the years. Um, Mm, I love that. It's fascinating. So fascinating. And how beautiful someone took the technology that was available at the time and used it to the best of his capacity to reach so many. It, it, it's so yeah. beautiful. He was uh, so beautiful. It seems like he was ahead of his time. He was already interconnecting he the really webs was. of the world. <laughs> he would have loved the internet. He he didn't. He he died before the internet existed. He would have loved it. He would have loved it. I went to uh, South Africa this summer, and my grandmother, who's ninety six, said to me oh you need to connect with this woman and she gave me the woman's name she lives in South Africa she was an exchange student in Cleveland in I don't know 1960 something and she would always come to our home and use the ham radio to patch into her family in South Africa so you know over 40 years later 50 years later she suggests she's giving me the woman's specific name I don't remember the woman's name and telling me look this person up when you're in Cape Town 
because she's been to our house many times in the 60s. Wow. <laughs> so I looked her up, and she actually moved from South Africa to California. And I wrote her a note through her website because she's like a, a gardener or a landscape architect. And uh, I did write her a note. I didn't hear anything back. So I'm waiting for that for that heart to come back to me. <laughs> But um, these connections matter. These connections really do matter. I, I think I forget where it was, but I remember reading a book. Maybe you remember. It was a book of someone who he wrote random people like Christmas cards, I think, or holiday cards. And mm. he would literally send them out randomly. Like he didn't know the people. <laughs> he just kind of picked them yeah. out of the address book and sent them a, a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or Happy Hanukkah card. Mm. And he just sent it to them. And over the years, he counted how many people would write back. And then mm. he started a pen pal, you know, seasonal relationship with these people. And over mm. the years, it actually built a genuine relationship so much so that when one of their kids was going to college, he, the gentleman who originally sent the, 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 the cards lived in the town of the college, and they were like, oh, he's like, oh, stay at my house. You're welcome. And they ended yeah. up making such good friends with this person over random little thinking about you cards in the holidays that so many years later they were literally staying at this person's house to take their college or their kid to college to see the campus. I, I forget mm. where I read about it, but I was, it, it reminds me of those moments where someone can yeah. take the initiative to reach out to someone mm -hmm. if they know them or don't even know them and genuinely build a relationship. I, I'd be curious in today's time in history, so often when people reach out, at least I get an experience where they want something. And one thing, if yeah. I were to listen back to things you would mention and just see if I could piece together a couple threads, it sounded like Lou, when he was reaching out, was reaching out to share more so than reaching out to try to get something from the people he was connecting with. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I haven't read the those cards. You would want to get something. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it doesn't sound to me like Lou was trying to bamboozle anyone through the mail. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he was sharing with people and connecting yes. with people. And I, I, I think yeah. it, as silly and simple as this sounds, I think that's the key is – in the mm -hmm. modern age, when you reach out to someone, so often people ping each other because, oh, I need this, or oh, I want this, or oh, can you help me with this, or can you give me this, versus just genuinely stepping back and saying, hey, what could I share with that human? And if they love it, high five self. Great. They loved it. And if they mm -hmm. don't, and they throw it away, big deal. At least I tried to share with them, and maybe I'll share something later that they will love. I don't know. That concept of, right. of going there to share, I think, is the key to that. Um you know, I could only imagine if I would have shown up to the dinner with you and, and been trying to gather everyone's business card and figure out what I could get from each person. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think this conversation would be happening right now. No, <laughs> no. I would have been You're shunned right. from the table quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I think when we I think sharing is a great um, it's a great way to be in the world to just think what do not what can someone offer me, but what can I offer them or not? How can someone understand me, but how can I understand them? It's also good to just have no agenda and just kind of be a blank slate and see, see what comes of a relationship. And I think, you know, I think about my neighbors in my building, you know, I live in a building with 88 units in Brooklyn and I'm I'm good friends with some of my neighbors, especially on my floor. Maybe it's about proximity, but also I think we we just happen to really click together, and we're 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 good friends. And when I came to this building, I had no expectation that I was going to be sharing dinners and relationship ups and downs, and more dinners and you know parties with with these people who are just behind my walls. So I think that that also exists when we're walking around our everyday lives or when we're having dinners with people who we don't know. Uh, 
you know, it's it's just not knowing where the interesting, connected conversation is going to come from, and to um, to make it more, to make these connections, to let them start more anonymously, to let them start more anonymously without expectation, without agenda, and to just see through the through the unraveling of the conversation and of sharing about ourselves and sharing with each other, where do we connect? Where do we genuinely connect? What makes us both laugh together? What makes us kind of scratch our heads and get curious together? Uh, It doesn't have to do with title and role and, uh, you know, all these sort of external uh, markers of who a person is, but it's really what do we care about and how can we connect with each other? I love that. I, I, I absolutely love that. And I agree with it. it it's fun. I, I think the concept yeah. of people, people have heard of something like a photo safari where it's, you go out and you try to see where your camera takes you and then you allow it to lead you uh-huh. around the park or the city or the zoo or wherever you are and see what you can capture. I, I think the yeah. same thing, a conversation safari. Where it's like, wow, I'm gonna go out. Safari. I'm gonna go outside and I'm gonna allow the conversations to just take me around town today and see where I land up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. know that it's gonna be and an I adventure. Love it. Yes, always, always. How cool. Here's a question. Mm. Out of all the years and all the conversations, what's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble? Hmm. Oh, what's the moment that made me feel humble? Well, it's not a conversation with a stranger. I think it's a conversation with my grandmother. Um, And this is more recent. Um, But my grandmother recently moved to assisted living um, about two months ago. And she's been in her home for probably over 60 years. And um, I always knew she didn't want to leave her home, but it just came to a point where she couldn't take care of her home. Her, her memory has um, gotten worse and uh, she just physically needed more help and care and attention. So I was there in June, just a few days before she moved into assisted living. And I, I was staying at my mom's house, but I was spending my days with my grandma and it had just gotten too late and we were talking and I probably spent the afternoon rubbing her feet and talking and looking at photo albums and giving each other <laughs> visualization, uh, <laughs> like meditation. Um, and she, it just got too late and my mom had the car and wasn't going to pick me up. So I, I had a sleepover at my grandma's and, uh, and so I slept in her bed with her kind of knowing that this is the, really the last time I was going to be in her home as it, as it was with all the life in it that she has. Um, and we, we kind of cuddled up next to each other. My grandma, 96, you know, her skin is very soft and frail and wrinkled and uh, me kind of the plumper 40 year old with energy and vitality and a lot of life left in me. And uh, she, we were, we talked about her death for for a bit. You know, I asked her, um, Grandma, what what do you want to be read at your funeral, and what music do you do you love? And we were just kind of talking very very pleasantly and softly and lovingly about this ending that. Um, and she's, she's still, she's still alive. (laughs) She's still very much here. And, um, but that was just a humbling moment of, you know, I asked these questions and I talked to her about this out of, out of so much love. And it's 
also very humbling to have a conversation with someone who's who's at least seemingly closer to to the end than than I am although you just you never know uh, but it it felt very humbling and it felt like the sacred time to talk to her about her her ending her death and uh you know I I came home uh a, f- a few days later and we talked on the phone and she had no recollection of the conversation no recollection she had no recollection that I had been there and uh, that was also pretty humbling because it's it's very much that the moments with her and maybe the moments with a lot of other people are are special and sacred and important, but also they go away. They're not remembered. They're uh, they're forgotten sometimes. And and maybe that's okay. I think it it's just what is. So that that reminder of closeness and connection and then having that that memory and that feeling be gone is is both humbling and reassuring to me at the same time in some weird way i think the beauty of being able to have moments like that yet the recognition that they they can disappear so quickly is is mm-hmm. I, I I can see that from an outside perspective in in what you shared with us. It's that there's beautiful depth there, yet there's like a fragility to it, a fragileness to it. That I think that's part of what makes them so special is realizing they won't be there forever, but they are here right now, and it's why if you allow them to become that important part of your life, they really you value them and you connect with them. Um, something that is very special and unique. How beautiful. Mm. How beautiful. Mm. Here's mm. one. What about an awe-inspiring moment throughout the years? <laughs> awe-inspiring. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. I would say... Hmm, last year... I I went to uh, on a trip by myself, and I went to uh, Bali, and I decided to uh, climb a volcano with a lot of other people um, before sunrise. We probably got there at around four four in the morning and started our climb, and you know the. The climb was uh, easy in the beginning, more challenging towards the end, and it got really rocky and more steep towards the end. And that there was a our guide had these like huge, thick, big hands, and just towards the end, especially grabbed my arms and kind of just picked me up with his one arm, one strong arm, for like the last maybe five minutes of the climb and was such a great support propelling me forward and um, you know getting up to the top of that mountain before or the volcano before the sun rose and just sitting in my exhaustion and stillness and the quiet of morning and the quiet of being with so many other people at the top of the volcano, all quiet, all just sitting and waiting to see the sun come up. And, and it did. And it was beautiful. How beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've yet to do one of those early morning sunrise climbs, but I have seen mm-hmm. some of the pictures and they always look spectacular. They, it's yeah. just, I, I think it's, and I think it's more than the picture. Um, my hallucination is I, I, I believe it's, it's the experience of it, the feeling 
where where you feel kind of the dew or the mist of the morning on your skin and you, and you experience the coolness yet the warmth entering into the environment and then you 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 mm-hmm. and I, I don't know I, i've had friends describe it to me where they're like you could feel almost the warmth of the sun bring to life this incredible landscape that a few moments before didn't exist in in the the you know visual perception and all of a sudden it's like yeah. life comes to life in front of you yeah that's exactly it yeah everything is sort of dark dark in the beginning and looking down it's it was hard to tell is that a lake or a river or a or a farm you know what what is below and yeah the the cool of morning the the cold of morning cold and uh and slowly feeling the day start to glow and seeing oh that's that's a little lake and that's a farm over there and there are birds and yeah, everything was kind of sleeping and dark and, and it all, it all woke up before me, which is so beautiful. That's cool. And usually, usually I'm in bed when the sun is rising or certainly I'm usually not on a volcano to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's also the special moment is being somewhere you, you rarely are or never <laughs> have been before brings right. a, a new magnitude and experience to those moments because you're like wow this is what it looks like over here <laughs> how fun right totally yeah here, here's a thought well, I do, oh go for it oh i, I do uh boot camp in the morning so i am up in my neighborhood you know, walking over by 6.15, and it's still beautiful here. You know, it's the same sun rising, so it is still beautiful, but it's it's a little bit different than watching it over a volcano. That's true. It sounds spectacular. What, <laughs> what's your greatest fear? <sighs> my greatest fear? Uh, I think my greatest fear is um, not being known, not being known, not being um, seen, not being valued, not being loved, and kind of dying without being known by intimately by the people around me wow yeah mm-hmm. wow i i think there's there's power in that I, I think there's also a big differentiation that i've only become familiar with this concept recently through reading and in th- the difference between knowing somebody but but it, it, it's you know, seeing, observing them versus seeing them, hearing them versus experiencing them, you know, knowing them versus really knowing them. And, and, and it, 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 it sounded so the same thing to me a lot, uh, probably three years ago, I wouldn't have known the difference. Um, but as I, I've, I've read and learned and studied a lot of material, one lady that was really helpful was named Alison Armstrong. She, she describes a lot and starts to show and, and I don't know if it's, it's men that don't get this or, or people sometimes, but as, as a younger man in my early, you know 20s and 30s, I, I certainly didn't understand this concept. And, and there's so, so, so much power to it. And it changes everything when you take time and reversing to or, or rewinding back to something you said earlier, when you create space to be physically present with the person but also you you mentioned emotionally present with a person where you're open to experience them and you hear much more than just the words they're saying but you you hear the expression from where it's being shared and you feel mm. with them how they're feeling and you begin to know them you begin to know what what causes those feelings and you begin to feel when they're feeling those things um and and as as a, a friend a partner a, a community member you begin to be able to see them in a way where you can respond to what's going on in their life without a word being spoken. Um, mm. And and I think there's deep, deep power in that. The, the surface level version of that was 
you know, when my wife and I were first only a few months into our marriage, I remember sitting next to her and I think my step my, my stepmom had taught me this. She says, you know, if you feel like there's something that try to feel what she's feeling, you're going to mm. suck at it in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> How do you know? Maybe I'll be good at it. She's like, no, no, you'll suck in the beginning. It's okay. <laughs> she said, but try to feel what she's feeling and then act upon it without asking. And I was like, what mm. the heck does that mean? And, and she says, act in ways of service of experiencing what you feel she's feeling. If you feel that she might be thirsty, bring two glasses of water back in the room. She goes, in the beginning, mm. you might be wrong half the time, but the times you're <laughs> right, she's going to be like, wow, how did you know? And it's because you trusted yeah. your instincts and you're helping them become more attuned to really seeing her and, and experiencing her. She said, you know, if you, if you feel like she might be cold, this one might be easier than others. Look for goosebumps. Like if you see that she's cold, <laughs> hand her a blanket, wrap her, you know, give her couch mm -hmm. arm, you know, <laughs> wrap an arm yeah. around her, like hold her. If you, and, and yeah. if you practice, and, and I think it's a practice. I don't think, I don't know if anyone comes, you know, pre-programmed with this gift, but it, for me, it's been a deep practice of learning how to do the things that you mentioned to see someone, to know someone, to, to love someone, to value someone. And it's a practice of all those and making that decision to really be there. Um, and it, it makes such a difference. And, and you know, I, I, someone told me you got to suck long enough to become okay and be okay long enough to be good and be good long enough to be great. Uh, and I, I think mm. I might just be okay <laughs> at these things. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. those, those fears are, are valid. And especially in a world where yeah. technology pulls us seemingly closer together, yet so unpresent with each other. You, you watch a table of people where they're all on their phones connecting with other people who aren't at the table. And then we just right. hear the words people are saying. and We don't feel what they're actually feeling or, or the expression that's causing those words. And we argue back to try to prove a point instead of just experiencing their expression and, and acknowledging the fact that they feel that way. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful to accept that another person has different feelings and needs and experiences than than us. And it takes time and experimentation to learn really who that person is and what they need and how they experience love. And, you know, it's, it's challenging. Like, I, I've heard the expression that relationships are like, spiritual graduate school, you know, it's like the ultimate frontier of spiritual life lessons and um, relationships. Yeah, I think my, the way I, my needs, my desires, my, my fears are not the same as those who are closest to me. And so it's even recognizing that and knowing that uh, being able to, it, it's like being able to empathize, to see that there's another person outside of me, that we're connected, that we want to become closer, but the way to become closer and to connect more intimately is sometimes giving that person space to show me who they are to show me what they want and what they care about. And it could be wildly, wildly different from what I think it is or what it is for me, which is what becomes so fascinating about being in relationship because it, it certainly helps me clarify what, what makes me uniquely me and what makes this other person, my girlfriend, uniquely her or, you know, my closest friends, what makes them uniquely them. So it's sort of this irony that we want to be close, we want to be connected, we want to gather together, we want to experience life together. And to do that sometimes takes a bit of space and just letting them be. It's true. I think my wife taught me something that was really useful in that category, which was the thing that I deeply 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 yearn for the most from somebody she she taught me to to give that to people around me not expecting anything just share it with people 
And what was fascinating mm-hmm. is the moment I started doing the thing I was hoping to receive from others, mm-hmm. all of a sudden mm-hmm. it started mirroring itself right back into my life. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. it, it certainly transformed relationships around me. It transformed my relationship with my father deeply. And it was, mm. you know, the, the acknowledgement or recognition I've always dreamed of experiencing from him. The moment I started giving it to him, it bounced right back. And all of a sudden I started receiving it. I'm like, well, that's a gangster ninja move in life. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And it wasn't giving it, yeah. hoping that it would come back. It was genuinely just sharing it. And, and from a yeah. genuine place of, I don't need anything. I'm just here to love on you and support you and give to you and see you and hear you and feel you. And all of a sudden magic came back. I was like, whoa. Like mm. turn around, I looked at my wife. I'm like, "What else do you know that I don't? <laughs> Share those <laughs> secrets, woman. What do you got?" <laughs> she always laughs. She's like, uh, eh, "I don't think it was that big of a deal." I was like, "No, it right, really was right. for me." <laughs> it worked. And yeah. I, and I think that's yeah. the special part. Is it might seem obvious to one person, but literally, it's life changing to another. Uh, there's there's mm-hmm. beauty in that. Here's a crazy question: What are you most excited about for your future? Oh my God. What am I most excited about for my future? Oh. Hmm. I have to think about this. Hmm. I'm still thinking. <laughs> hmm. Well, I, I turned, I turned 40 this year and I'm sort of a, an age and a marker to me, um, of kind of not, of caring more about what I care about and what I want in the world and how I want to curate my life and the experiences that I want to have mm-hmm. in my life um, and choosing them and creating them. And, um, and so the experiences that I want for the future that are exciting to me are, are all the, the things that make me feel alive. It's, there's no, there's no uh, pinnacle, you know, I don't have this, um, you know, when I achieve this goal, then I'll be excited and happy. Um, I think it's more the everyday, the everyday quality of my life and connecting with the people who I care about and seeing those relationships grow, seeing my, the most intimate relationships, grow and deepen and to learn through through those relationships and to feel feel how wonderful it feels to love and to let that feeling grow to just feel the experience of loving others and for me to also get more comfortable in that feeling because you know, as much as I, I think I focus on on love a lot in my life and I, I try to be a loving partner and friend and citizen and human being, there's always a shadow side, you know? It's like because I didn't always experience the love that I wanted. I didn't always feel nurtured and supported. So there are... Uh, ways that I learned to cope that with that lack of love or stories and beliefs that I told myself, uh, this is why I'm not being loved. This is why I'm not being supported. It must be because, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough or I don't deserve it. So, so there's always a shadow side to seeking that love and to um, emotionally working through internally my experience of oh my god this love is gonna go away or this isn't real or it always leaves this love is always gonna leave or you know and and to just 
become more open to to both giving and receiving love. I think that's my that's my big lesson in in life is is to to love and be loved and to um, experience it internally as something that I'm open to. Hmm. I love that. I, I think that's one of the biggest life lessons that the, most people ex- most people go through. It, it's figuring out mm-hmm. how to let down the walls and how to, you know, kick down the the barriers we've built and how to find a way to be safe and strong and powerful yet vulnerable in that space of just vulnerability and openness to experience love mm. and really let it in um yeah and and then on the other side how to how to share it with people and how to share it in the ways that we we know how to and and how to learn new ways to share it in the ways that they most want to receive it i, I think it's mm. fascinating that that's that's a that's some definitely look forward to in life <laughs> in, my, in my travels around yeah. the world. I think it's something everyone is working on, whether they know it or not, mm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm, but it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly exciting in the future. How beautiful. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, we're going to switch, switch gears. We have three questions in a second section of the show. It's called nuts and bolts. Uh, this is mm-hmm. the tactical pran- tactical, practical, applicable like something someone could take and immediately use in their day-to-day uh life or experience Mm. um and and i'm excited so far i have about a page and almost a page and a half of notes over here so thank you for sharing so much already i've been taking notes wildly on my side Uh, (laughs) our, our next question is what do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life on each day as of right now mm that's great uh, I think clearing space. Um, mm. So clearing space, creating spaciousness in my life for for thinking about what matters. And so the nuts and bolts of that are um, I love to float in flotation tanks. Um, and I go in a float tank for an hour at a time and I feel my, my body physically relax and I feel, uh, kind of the sensation of letting go and letting go and letting go. And then, um, coming out of the float, feeling like I'm like my energy and my emotions have shifted and I can then move forward with making decisions and and thinking creatively from the space of relaxation and openness. Um, and I love to take walks. You know, I I love to take walks and and just run into new experiences and people and. I don't know, cool, cool restaurants that didn't exist a year ago or three years ago. I just opened myself to spontaneity and not knowing and just having, having no expectation and just being open. Um, so yeah, floating, walking, um, honestly contemplating, uh, death and endings, especially, you know, with my grandmother being 96, but, um, I've been taking a class on, um, end of life, being an end of life doula, which I'm not sure I want to be an end of life doula. I I probably don't. Um, but I'm really fascinated by endings and, um, I'm letting go. So I think kind of the practice of not only thinking about what do I want uh, in this life today, but the process of writing an ethical will and writing and sharing about what matters to me that when I'm gone, what I, what do I want to continue to exist And, and to, and to do this work and to create and to connect, 
I need, I do need space. I need space. I need openness. I need kind of a blank feeling and space of, you know, I, I don't know all the answers. I don't know everything. I don't know what's next. I don't know uh, who I am. If I'm going to create something new, then I, I really need to give myself this spaciousness, this time for no agenda, this time for spontaneity um, to, to get there. I think that's powerful. Our next question, which was, what is the key to your success in all this? But I think you just shared it. It's creating that mm. space, that openness, uh, to be open to not knowing, but to stand in that space and allow it to be sounds like one one of your keys to success in this process of, of 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 what you go through each day of the clearing and the floating and the walking and the connecting with and and contemplating of death um creating space sounds like one of the big keys mm. yes so we've made it to our final question which is what is one tip you could leave people with one tip that if they were to take this from today and immediately apply it it would help them on their journey. It would help them in their experience. And it would help them to find more space and more openness and, you know, that ability to step into a place of unknowing to allow it to guide them in their journey. What's one tip mm. we could leave everyone with today? Uh, I think asking the question, what am I curious about today? It's that simple. And that, that answer might change from day to day. Today, what am I curious about? And let that guide, let that guide our conversations and what we see and what we look for and how we behave in that day. I love that. I love that. What am I curious about today? Let it be your guide to curiosity. Let it be your guide to life. Let it take you on that journey. I, I, I really love that question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try mm. it. I'm going to try going on a, mm. a conversation safari and allow what am I curious about to guide me and see where it might take me I throughout the it. town. <laughs> mm. Well, thank so you. Great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Mm. Like I said, I have a page and a half of notes over here. So hopefully everyone listening has enjoyed and they've also gathered great beauty and, and, and insights from this conversation. But thank you for joining us. Thank you, Derek. It's been a pleasure. And for everyone tuning in, thank you so much for spending a little bit of life and love and, and laughter and joy with us through these conversations. Uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to click subscribe. Uh, if you know someone who needs to hear this one, make sure to share it with them. We believe that sharing is caring, and we love caring people here, so make sure to share. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all next episode.